All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. And if this show is about <laughs> things couples go through... These two have gone through a lot. Yes. Katie Davis and Benji Majors, who have 13 adopted girls from Uganda. And two biological boys of their own. Can you wow. imagine? No. And even talking to them, they just seemed like they just got it all figured out. They're the mellowest vibe out there. Yes. And they're super nice. Their story is amazing. Uh, Katie wrote a book called Kisses from Katie in 2012. She wrote another book called Daring to Hope in 2017. Um, one of those was a New York Times bestseller, which is nuts. And she also has a new book coming out now. It's called Safe All Along, Trading Our Fears and Anxieties for God's Unshakable Peace. They go through the whole process of how Katie adopted these 13 girls the whole relationship process of bringing Benji into that yes. um, family that they already had, the faith that it took for them to move from Uganda back to the United States, um, just so many massive transitions and milestones and things that they had to kind of, like healings they had to foster with these kids. Um, yeah, I learned so much from them. Yeah, talking about their transition from Uganda back to the U.S. and the struggles they had with that was really interesting, but... What I love about the show is we get to see a uh, peek behind the curtain of how different couples do life. And this couple does life in an extraordinary way. So we're really grateful and thankful that you two spent time with us, Katie and Benji. We're excited to get to know you better. 
And if you're interested in learning more about these two, we'll link their information down below. But go ahead and enjoy this one with Katie Davis and Benji Majors. What a treat it is to have Katie and Benji Majors here with us. Yes. Sean has been so excited to talk with you too. So thank yes. you for joining us here in person. Sean is a little worried about my sweat situation. Yeah. So we're just have to we're just gonna have to put up with <laughs> this if you're all right with it. Tripping. Benji's <laughs> but, That's why I wanted to sit on the outside there, yeah. Benji. So I didn't <laughs> have to like deal with this. Um I'm excited because I love parents, I love moms, I love families, and I don't think we have had someone in your guys' situation on this show before, but please correct me, 13 kids? 15. 15. Okay, 13 girls, two boys. Yes. Yes. That's right. Okay, I was trying to decide, I was trying to figure out in like the context if it was 13 and that included two boys or two boys on top. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, it's been fun. Yeah. And you had, I'm trying to remember all of the statistics, but you basically started adopting a lot of these girls when you were, how old? I started, I had my first three that I fostered when I was 20. Yes. Um, and when I started fostering each of them, they're sibling sets. And yeah. when I started fostering each of them, I wasn't always sure like, oh, I'm definitely going to adopt these kids. Mm -hmm. Um, they were kids I knew through the community we were living in, in Uganda and for different reasons, they were in different situations where they didn't have family that could care for them. And so they would come and stay and we would kind of look for family and see. Um, and so ultimately I ended up going on to adopt 13 of them. Yeah. yeah so I was fostering <laughs> yeah. 13 of them when we met and eventually got married. And then we adopted them together which was really sweet. And um, we had other foster kids over the years that would live with us for a time and and then were able to go back to family. Yeah. And then all 13 that we adopted are girls. And so funny enough, when we had biological kids, God gave us two boys, which has been which is very <laughs> new and fun. So and funny exciting. how God works that way. Yeah. Um, and Benji, forgive me, but I want to like not plow through, but like ask a few questions regarding like the 23-year-old you before we get into you guys, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take over because I love this. I am fascinated because we have had conversations with people who have openly said like they don't want kids. They're not a kid person. We've had conversations with families who are um, mixed where they came with kids and on both sides or adoption or all of these things. What was it in you at 18 moving to Uganda that switched and said, I want to help kids. I want them to live with me. I want to foster. Not sure if they're going to be mine. Did you just know that from day one? Um, I don't think I knew it moving to Uganda. I had always wanted a big family, even as like a small <laughs> child, which is okay. kind of funny because I only had one brother. Okay. Um, still have one brother. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I grew up with just one brother. So we were a relatively kind of small family, but I always wanted, I mean, like I used to watch Sound of Music and think yeah. like, yes, I want that many kids. <laughs> Oh, um, and then when I moved to Uganda, it was to work with young children in a kindergarten okay. setting and I got to know them and their siblings from just like being around the community and just saw that the need was so huge and so many kids either didn't have families to live with or they weren't able, they had a family to live with, but they weren't really able to like go to school and have their basic needs provided for them. And so I don't, the need was just yeah. always so, so big. Um, and I made some friends in the community that would say to me, like, hey, these kids don't have a place to go. Like, can they stay with you for a little while? And I was I was always just kind of of the mindset of, like, oh, my gosh, they don't have what they need. And I could 
help and I maybe have something to give them. And so it was always kind of an easy yes. An easy yes, which I which I love. I love that so much. But an easy yes to 13 girls is is I love that you can say that. But the dynamic for you when you started taking on foster kids, how did you manage that like within your heart of like some kids would go back to their families, mm-hmm. some you ultimately ended up adopting. I think at one point you adopted and then they did return to their yeah. parents, which is hard. How do you work that dynamic within your family of we don't know how long you're going to be here, but your family? Yeah. And I don't know. I just I'm so fascinated. That's by a really it. that's a great question. And honestly, I think like, oh, there are probably places where I wish that I had had a little bit more like forethought about that. And obviously God has been very gracious to us even when we've kind of messed it up. But I think I like if I do something, I go all in. So I don't think there was ever like a time of, okay, this is just a foster kid and this is just temporary and yeah. maybe I'm going to hold back a little bit. Like if if a child was in our home, like all of us, like myself and the other kids, like we were all in with loving that child yeah. as if they were going to be part of our family forever. And um, sometimes when they returned to biological family, it was like a huge celebration because we had had our eyes set on that from day one. And okay. other times when they returned to biological family, it was like really sad because we yeah. hadn't expected that to happen. And so that's kind of a hard wrestle of wanting to celebrate because it's good to mm-hmm. go and live with your biological family and also just feeling so gutted because this is a child you've loved as your own who's now yeah going to live with someone else and you feel that deep loss even though you kind of like intellectually know that it's good it doesn't doesn't feel good yeah we back how did you guys meet <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny enough she grew up in Brentwood i grew up in franklin both grew up like here in middle tennessee but we didn't meet until over in Uganda. Uh, I think I was headed that way in 2010, partly for a mission and a purpose and a reason, and partly because I think some people who were following you at the time, Mindy Blagg, uh, was kind of like, oh, and where you go? There's this woman you got to meet, Katie, (laughs) and she's from your neck of the woods and, you know, all this kind of thing. And so when I showed up in town, I mean, you were already, you're already doing the thing. Um, I showed up in 2010, a couple years after you'd been there, and we met at Bible study dinner. We had a bunch of mutual friends, and then um, Jinja in Uganda, where mm-hmm. I live, was like a super small community. And basically, if you showed up mm-hmm. and you yeah. were American, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, you, you knew, like, everybody yeah. knew everybody pretty, pretty quickly. So I'd been, a group of us had been meeting, um, to do like a little Wednesday night Bible study at my house. And I think we were like, hell, let's invite the new guy. Yeah. Um, and then I think there was like a New Year's Eve party. I don't know. We all kind of ran oh, yeah. in a mm-hmm. in a pretty tight circle because there weren't like a ton of foreigners in the area. You forgot about the New Year's Eve party. I forget about almost everything. <laughs> but I hope I'm getting better. Um, yeah, so it was interactions like that. Uh, I mean, I pretty much from the get-go was like, oh, this, this is great. I like this girl. It's going to be great. Asked her out to coffee at some point in there. She said no. For good <laughs> reasons. Good reasons. Uh, and I asked you out to coffee. And you said no again. 
<laughs> for even better song. reasons the second time. This is true. I was expecting this that one to be a yes. I was skeptical. But the third time, we worked it out. The third time I had to ask. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're like, wait, wow. I didn't mean no the second time. Right, right. Because I had said no so many times. That then I was like with my girlfriends yeah. like, oh, he's never going to ask again. Wow. So I had to ask. Yeah. Right. My mentality at that time was like, well, she said no. It's pretty clear. Like, I have stuff to do here and was pretty <laughs> focused on yeah. ministry, life, other friendships, all that. And But then the day came. Yeah, it did. And... When did explain the engagement? I'm curious. How did you do that? Ooh, let's see. Uh, well, first, props to our youngest daughter in the home because at the time, she would have been like four. She was little. That's a good yeah, age. That's so a good age. little. So, so little. A great age. And she kept the secret for like a whole week, which like <laughs> you Wait, guys know as parents. Huge. Yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing. Like so, kudos <laughs> to her and everyone else, but. So the girls all knew. Yeah, they, they had like taken the girls out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talked with them. They all knew. Um, he had me over to his house. He had he rented this little tiny house that like overlooked the lake, and it was so beautiful. And it had this big yard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he invited me over to the house, and I thought we were just you know having a date. We were, did a little picnic, um, and then our our very good friends were babysitting the girls and like snuck them all over oh and so they were all like hiding in these bushes oh, the hiding best. in the bushes it was the best it was one. so sweet what year was that 2014 yes yeah i agree and yeah then, and then got married remember. pretty shortly after that we actually it was actually uh, kind of a long engagement which yeah. i don't recommend yeah. it was not fun but there were a lot of logistics as far as like trying to get family over yep. to uganda um and wanting to give the girls, like, some time to just kind of, like, yeah. adjust and feel their feelings. And um, so we were engaged for, like, eight months and then got married the beginning of 2015. I yeah. think relatively that's a sh- pretty short engagement. I oh, it felt, well, I guess it I depends on the long. It felt long. What is that about? I feel like engagement and marriage, it's, like, one of the few times where you make a really life-altering decision and then you, like... We don't do it. anything about yeah. it for a long time. Yeah. I feel like you usually so you make a yeah. really life altering decision and you like yeah. you do it. S- do it. I remember thinking I point. I mean, not to be dramatic here, but I really disliked engagement because I felt like I was in limbo. It's like we would have these conversations about like mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. gonna move in together, we're gonna merge finances, we're gonna do the but you're still kind of dating. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, are we more than dating or are we Less like it was so I really didn't like it. Let me just present the other side of the argument here, though. I feel like w- when we got pregnant the first time, you're like, I'm not ready to be a dad. But then you got nine months to be a then dad. Then it's right? kind of it's nice like, to have yeah, the months. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like an onboarding. <laughs> but you're process. already like, you're committed. So. Like, there's a baby there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, with the engagement, used to, it's like, it's you're like, not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. I, wait, right. I want to go back because we have a lot of followers who have asked us these questions before that we have wanted to be able to share. In the situation where you start dating and kids are involved on one side, how first do you make that step of like introducing, talking about, taking that leap and Mm -hmm. having faith Mm -hmm. in someone to protect your children? And how do you introduce that? What do you look for? Is that something that you're just like, um, I have 13 daughters, uh, just throwing it out there. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I I feel like in some ways we did that pretty poorly. So yeah. I don't know. There, are, uh, this advice will come from a place of like, oh, what we could have done better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I do think the kind of bonus about it is like, I think that's why I said no to dating mm-hmm. for a while because I was just like that. Like, I just don't even know yeah. what that would look like. Like, I'm so committed here to this family already that already exists, like, without somebody else. Mm. Um, but it did force us to have, like, the really serious conversations, like, right away. You know, mm. date number one is, like, do you want kids? Yeah. Do you want more kids? Do you want biological kids? Like, what yeah. is this going to look like? Um, yeah, so you're, you're having you're having the real conversations fast Uh um and I think as far as introducing it to the kids I they liked Benji and they knew him as like a person in our community and a family friend and so I think I very naively assumed like they're gonna be pumped Mm -hmm. but of course a child is having all these questions as far as like what does this mean Mm -hmm. and like what does it look like to have to share my relationship with my mom Mm -hmm. and is she still going to love me the same? You know, there are all kinds of questions that I think I just over breakfast one day was like, hey, guys, yeah, I'm dating Benji. Yeah. And they were all just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, but yeah, a, a lot. <laughs> we're just kind of like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know how we feel about that, which is totally fair. Like, and they were, I don't know, they were probably spanned like four to 16-ish mm-hmm. age-wise. So this was a big Big change. And we tried to have lots of mm-hmm. lots of conversations about it. But, of course, everybody had, like, their own mm-hmm. feelings. And how do you digest that going into a new relationship of dating? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you're either, like, a, a kid person and on board or not. But Yeah, I mean, I think went through we like mind. kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems like you were pretty thoughtful about it, though. Like, with, you know, the, the word, well, I wish I had been way more thoughtful, uh, would have been nice. I think the word I always use for like our dating engagement was, or is, um, like sobriety, very, very just sober and sobering mm. in the sense of like some people date and like get engaged and not to say we didn't, we're not like romantic or lovey dovey. We are, but my sense of it was, it's not like other people they're like, maybe we'll get married and move to France yeah. and mm. go get a baguette every day and, you know, <laughs> yeah. walk our dog down by yeah. the river. It's like, you're not, your your head's not up in the clouds dreaming about what if we someday that it's yeah. more like, hey, you know, these are like real people involved, like children whom we love. And like, mm-hmm. what, you know, this is going to happen at home sometimes. It's going to be like disagreements or whatever. And like, maybe mom goes out somewhere and like everyone's home with dad. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, so it just felt like very sobering in sense of like, oh, I love Katie. I love the daughters. We're like, crafting this new relationship thing, but it all felt very sobering. There wasn't some big like, uh, and then we'll all like, you know, travel the world together in a big hot air balloon and do this whole, it's like, you know, just like good reality, I feel like is what a lot of my experience was. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped 
they truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. When you guys started dating, did you already have all 13 girls? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So did you, to a certain extent, feel like you were dating Oh yeah, all of them? Definitely. Because mm-hmm. you, you had mm-hmm. to craft a relationship mm-hmm. with every girl. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That was, how, that was a huge part and piece of it. How do you how do you approach that? How long did it take you to learn their names, first of all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. O- over uh, under a month. You know, not not too long because <laughs> credit to my girls, they you know, they're adamant to make themselves known and they're all very distinct and have these great unique personalities. And so, you know, it's you learn very on that like, oh, that's that's just her. That's like what she does. And like you can't confuse the name. So it, if you guys came over and like spent the day at our dinner table and they were all over, you'd be like, oh, I get it. Okay. This isn't just like a room of, you know, samey type people. I mean, yeah. These are girls with like some really great, strong personalities. Mm-hmm. And they were young. And so like they were adamant to be like, hey, this is my name. You're going to know who I am. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and I feel like you did a really good job of intentionally kind of getting to know them where they were at. Like, okay, this one loves soccer. I'm going to go play soccer. Okay, this one wants to play Scrabble. I'm going to play Scrabble. Okay, this one's trying to figure out how to get her first job. We're going to talk about job interview stuff. I feel like it was fun to watch you kind of get to know everybody's individual interests and then be interested in those things for the sake Mm -hmm. of, like, wanting a relationship. And then... And that, for me, was, like... Okay. Yeah. I think you're the one. Yeah. How did it take you some time to kind of offer that like opportunity up for yeah. you guys? Like, did you date Several for a certain years. amount of time? Um, okay. We didn't, we didn't date for super long, but we were friends for probably four years. And I mean, that was seeing each other multiple times a week at Bible study or church or, um, We had this interesting house set up. A lot of the homes in Uganda have like a house and then kind of a, I think what would have originally been like a staff type quarters, but like kind of another house in the back. Um, And we never had staff live there, but we often had like different people who were homeless or who were really sick and needed to be, we lived right on, Mm -hmm. right near the local hospital. So people who needed to be near the hospital, um, maybe families whose kids were at risk of going into foster care and instead we said like no actually like before that happens what if mom and the kids come and stay here and we can give some extra support and so there were um there was one man in particular who uh was homeless and had some illness and different stuff going on who lived back there and was became a new believer and so Benji was eager to disciple him and I was eager to have, he had so many questions. I was eager to have Benji kind of take that and answer his questions. Um, And so he would come over to meet with David and then be in the backyard with the girls and fixing bikes. And so I think 
life in Uganda is super relational. And just like when you're friends with someone, you see them all the time, which Mm -hmm. different topic, but has been really shocking about living in America. Um, So it was many years of lots of just friend interaction and relating with him and watching him relate with my kids and relate with other people in our community um, before I was finally like, okay, we can now let's, let's actually have coffee. Let's do that. Yeah. What you're saying, the culture in America is not, you don't see the people you love often. Is that? Yeah. I just, yeah. I feel like people are busier here than anything that we were used to in Uganda. And our community was so small. Like you walked pretty much anywhere you needed to go. Like if you had to get in the car, you were going somewhere like a little bit far. And mm-hmm. so even on your way walking somewhere, you would see your friends. And then if you went to the grocery store, you would bump into those same people. Yeah. Like everybody was just kind of yeah. around. <laughs> That's so interesting. When did you guys move back here? Been about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So still in culture shock, probably. Because some days. Yeah. 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 Because how many years were you in were you in Uganda? I was in Uganda 15 years, and you were there so like, like 11? Yeah. yeah. 10, maybe 11, somewhere right in there. What brought mm-hmm. you back here? Just kind of, I mean, you get we get that question a lot. It was a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, we had been, we were on the tail end of like lockdown and reopen and lockdown mm-hmm. and reopen for COVID, and the way Uganda did it, it was completely locked down. So nobody could go out and nobody could come in. Mm -hmm. And we had several of our girls that were going to college here in Nashville. And so we kept getting locked like away from them. But then, you know, I would be afraid to travel here to visit any of them because you didn't know if you could get back in. And so that was hard. And schooling for our kids who were Still mm-hmm. at home was hard because schools would close, but there wasn't really the opportunity to do, like, online learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd been kind of doing school at home and trying to figure that out. And um, for a couple of our daughters, we needed to be near, like, some better medical care. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a culmination of a lot of things. And we had been here for a couple months early in 2021 and kind of thought, like, oh, my gosh are we going to move here? Mm-hmm. And then we were like, no, we are not. Yeah. We're not going to move here. And we went back to Uganda and then we came for what we thought was a three week trip for one of our daughters to get married. And on that trip, it was like just very, very yeah. clear. No, we really are. We're going to move here. So we kind of then unexpectedly moved, sent Benji back to Uganda to grab like, you know, the laptops oh and the gosh. birth certificates and things <laughs> yeah. that you like you need to have with you. For the wedding, um, right? Yeah, so, and we, I don't know, at first we were kind of like, maybe we'll do this for a year, Mm -hmm. see how it goes. Then we were like, maybe we'll do it for one more year. Yeah. People are always like, are you ever going back? And it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, we go back. We've been back several times. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just there for like a week and the kids and I were there for most of the summer. I don't know. I've never been to Uganda. We kind of go back and forth right now. Never been to Uganda. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. You guys should totally bring come. our kids. Would yeah. love it. What's the name your of the your kids? Of would the love town? it. The town Jinja? is Jinja. 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 It's right on the lake. It's right by the wow. river. It's really Soul. gorgeous. Yeah. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Not only do you have like all the great like people and culture and just like the country itself is amazing, but then you have 
the specific town we're in almost has like a little small town feel to it. I mean, it's probably, it's huge and developed, but it feels like a small town. But it's right on Lake Victoria and the start of the Nile River. So you have all that adventure wow. stuff like kayaking and rafting. Wow. And there's a huge community like specifically for that. It's pretty exciting. So if you like water. It sounds like a good spot. Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning Really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. How have you been spending your time since you've been back in Nashville, Benji? Ooh, let's see. Um... Unemployed there for a bit. <laughs> Probably should have learned a new language or picked up some new hobbies, but I'm sure didn't make the most of that time. And then, no, you just, did. For like the f- he's he's underselling it. For like the first always. year, he was the primary like parent, while I could oh. not figure out how to do anything in America and was like <laughs> freaking out. So it was well. And just to back you up, I mean, was, I, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I had some adult years like in America. Right. Unlike you. And so I like zero. Yeah. So little stuff like wow. tags on the car or, you know, stuff like that. It's all of that's humbling for I, anybody. Don't know yeah. how to do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> but I have done that like once before. So at least yeah. in that kind of stuff I could help. Um Yeah, so kind of did that for a while. Did a bunch of interviews for nonprofits and churches. Mm-hmm. We found our church through one of a different interview at a different church. Um and then now I work for Project Connect here in Nashville. Am I allowed to name drop? Yeah, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. Project Connect Inc. No, I don't know if it's an <laughs> Inc. Or um, and we do poverty alleviation here in Nashville. So working with either maybe previously homeless or those experiencing homelessness, um, people coming out of recovery centers or halfway houses, um, just trying to. what the right way to say it is but be a resource and a community uh for those experiencing poverty in nashville uh helping them kind of set goals be like what do you want to do for some people they may say like i want to make three dollars more mm-hmm. you know or some might say like i want an apartment like my own apartment and just kind of helping connect them with the next steps to kind of make that kind of stuff happen so That's it's awesome. been it's been good it's also been very sobering like Theme word of the day, I guess, but super blessed. I mean, just the greatest people you could ever imagine. And for whatever reason, uh, life's just been really hard. Um, and yeah. Do you feel like as a couple, you two are on mission, like together, like one, do you share a similar mission? And then two, like, how do you navigate that on a daily basis? You know, I think 
think, I mean, I think part of that was, or that's part of what was even hard in moving here was in Uganda every day felt super purposeful. Mm -hmm. Um, We were doing kind of different things vocationally. Benji was an elder in our church um, and I was working with Amazima and on the leadership team of that nonprofit. So we were kind of like work was a little bit different for us, but still like, yeah, our mission was so similar. And I mean, obviously our family is like our yeah. primary mission. And here it's, it's just been hard, hard to find that I'm still working with Amazima, the nonprofit that works mm-hmm. out of Uganda. So a lot of my like brain energy is still going overseas mm-hmm. to Uganda. Um, and doing phone calls and meetings there. And then he's now doing the Project Connect thing, which is awesome. And I'm just kind of starting. We were renting a place in Murfreesboro and have only been in Nashville for five or six months. So I feel like now that we're closer mm-hmm. to his work, I'm just kind of starting to get to know some of the clients and the community up there. And they're really awesome. Um, I think finding a church to plug into mm-hmm. has been huge for us and our church community has just been so kind. And so I feel like we, we feel more like we can be on mission together there, but um, even at home and with the family, it's been more challenging because we had a lot more time together. Mm-hmm. It felt like in Uganda, wow. um, yeah. in Uganda, I don't know, it's not super safe to be outside once it gets dark. So or not outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could be outside in the yard, but you wouldn't want to be like going somewhere really, um, especially after COVID and stuff happened. And so we always had dinner together, like every single night. There was never like, rarely would there be like some kind of activity in the evening. And now our kids have stuff and like, mm-hmm. that's great. And we want them to be plugged in and we want them to have friends and we want them to be part of the cheer squad or the track mm-hmm. team or whatever these different things are that they do. But like, no, to have dinner together in the evening is mm-hmm. now like, mm-hmm. you know, we fight for that and it doesn't happen every day. It mm-hmm. happens like a couple times a week and I can kind of feel it. Like if we've gone like two or three days without having dinner together, I'll, I will tell like our teenagers like, no, yeah. no things tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't babysit for someone else. Yeah. Like, no, you got to come home. Um, so I, I feel like we're starting to find a better rhythm with how to be on mission, like with our family together. But it's it's been challenging. It feels like there are a lot of different things here that are pulling families just mm-hmm. in opposite directions. I mean, even in Uganda, we both predominantly like worked from home. And so even now for him to like leave in the morning and come home in the evening, I'm like, ah, <laughs> how do I do this without you? Wow. What's the age spread now? Your youngest or oldest? Okay, so our so we actually have nine who don't live with us. Oh my god, they're yeah. all grown up, um, and they're in college or working. Most of them are in the Nashville area, so Amazing. that has been really yeah. sweet in this season to be close to them. Um, one of them's married, and then he's. I don't know why that makes me really sad already to think about like our kids. It goes fast, oh, it's yeah. coming. and everybody <laughs> says it, but like you just blink yeah. and they're in college. Yeah. Um. And so then we have, I would count, we have six still at home. So four in high school and a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, so okay, you still have four place. and six. Are those yeah. your two boys? Those are our boys, yeah. Okay. Boys. They're little. Wow. They're fun. They're at home. I homeschool them and then another one of our daughters. And so they're home with me in the daytime. It's fun. It, it is so interesting, though, like even having nine like out there in the world, like yeah. doing their amazing things. 
you still have six at home and the spread is set like having like a senior in high school and then like a yeah. four-year-old it feels like you're like trying to carry like a ladder by yourself and like mm-hmm. both it was like a 19 year old doing like applying to college or internship you know like yeah. jobs and then you have a four-year-old like potty training and like learning how to the alphabet and you're just yeah. like we're so spread out like on both ends of all the parenting things mm-hmm. so interesting does that help you appreciate though like the like the four-year-old phase because what we're we're pretty set on like all our kids being close in age yeah which is great but i also have already felt like that feeling you were alluding to earlier of like dang i want them to be small again mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like i guess to extend that where you, you have a four-year-old for a decade and a half you know, yeah. in the house. that's crazy <laughs> i guess yeah. but it just keeps going <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's definitely made me really like try to consciously make an effort to like enjoy our little guys yeah more mm-hmm. just yeah. because i'm looking at teenagers going like oh my gosh i remember yeah. when you were this little you know and yeah. just feeling like oh it really it really does fly and it's fun i mean i i actually really enjoy having mm. the whole age spread because mm. just to watch their like unique relationships with each other yeah. is really sweet like there wasn't school this morning and so um couple of our girls went and had a sleepover at one of their older sister's house which is so fun um but then one of our big girls came downstairs and was like interacting with the four-year-old and he was showing her what he had been learning at school and it's just like it's really precious to see them um I think I was worried specifically when we got pregnant with our first son just like oh no the age gap is so big like what if they don't know each other don't love each other I, I don't know I thought the age gap was gonna be like this problem and it's actually just been like a really cool blessing but it is also I mean a lot of our girls are really close in age and is that is also really yeah. sweet because they just they're each other's best buddies and especially as yeah, they've the like gone out into the world and um are in college or are working or are doing their adult things to see them like they still meet up together in the library and they still have coffee and lunch together or they, you know, invite sisters who are still at home to come over for a sleepover. It's anyway. Yeah. It's great either way. I think close in age is also really fun because I've seen them have like this really close friendship. I think you could convince me of having 15 kids right now. <laughs> it's awesome. Because it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. 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 I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're I'm in. Okay. He's in. <laughs> Not having adopting 15 kids. Yeah. I will have 15 kids. There's, there's probably, like, not a more favorite moment for me with our children when, when like, our senior uh, in high school looks at our four-year-old and says, oh, when I was little, you know what I used to do? That kind of stuff is just, like, oh, hmm. you just want to sit back and watch. You know, whether it's, like, eating a piece of candy in a specific way, like, whatever the mm-hmm. little thing is, but just seeing the wow. kind of passing down of knowledge mm-hmm. um, yeah. from old to young is – just so sweet and I it just feel like it invites the the little guys into like oh they grow up and be like oh my big sister taught me yeah, this you know super sweet yeah do you have connection with any of your girls with their biological families because I know that's us- that tends to be mm-hmm. different amongst each kid yeah I mean we have when they were little I think it I really tried to like foster that as much as possible um and so any biological family that they had that we knew we would try to have over to the house sometimes or we would go visit them sometimes or we used to even like the day before Christmas 
we would get together Christmas gifts and go and drop them off. It was actually really funny because one year we did it um, and we went, there are five or six like sibling sets, Mm -hmm. so five or six places that we would go and visit and drop off some Christmas goodies and little Noah, he might have been, I don't know, four, he said, um, well, who's who's my biological family? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, you yeah. only get one. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just stuck with it's us. us. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> and so, and then now as they've gotten older, we've kind of just said like, yeah, that's up to you. And so okay. some of them really choose that um, and really, like really dive into that relationship. And like, that's awesome. And some of them have kind of said like, no, I'm, I'm not super interested in that connection. And so now, now that they've gotten older, I think we kind of just kind leave that ball in their court and say like, yeah, that's, that's yours to choose. How do you navigate that within, I mean, like within your mama heart of sharing your babies with another mama? And I don't know, I feel like the, the tear between wanting, I don't want to say wanting that domain, but wanting that to be yours. Yeah, you can feel a little territorial it. about yeah. it. Um, do you, do you have that feeling or how do you navigate those conversations, I guess? Yeah, I think I've definitely had that feeling for sure. And yeah. like try to try to fight against it for their sake. And just I feel like really early on the Lord really just kind of said to me or like dropped into my heart, like, you love all of your kids. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. if I can have 15 kids and I can love each one of them like individually, like why can't somebody love two moms or two dads or a mom and a grandma and a auntie, you know, other Mm -hmm. situations are all so different, but, um, yeah. And so I just, I try to hold on to that, that like, you know, we have played different unique roles Mm -hmm. in their lives, but there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uganda fosters that a little bit better. Like extended family is a big thing. And like, Mm -hmm. it would not be uncommon for you to call your mom and all your mom's sisters, the name mom okay, or you know uh you could even maybe sometimes call an older sibling mom or um you know a lot of times you consider your cousins your siblings because you've all just kind of Mm -hmm. grown up together so people will say like my cousin brother meaning like my cousin who's basically my brother because we were raised by the same parents um and so there's a little bit more grace for just like family lines looking different or blurry or Mm -hmm. like yeah we're kind of all all one giant family with all our different extensions and so um I think that helped the conversations with the girls when they were little is it wasn't quite as quite as clear-cut um so yeah I think we try to be pretty open-handed about it you wrote a book congratulations not your first book safe all along though what what inspired this book um, you know, it's a little funny. I have author friends who say like, I'm never going to write a book about marriage or I'm never going to write a book about parenting because then that's going to be like <laughs> yeah. attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually had the idea for this book many years ago and, and just kind of felt like, yeah, this is what I want to write about next. I want to write about peace and like how, how we kind of discover and live out of the peace of God. And then over the next like two years it was like we had a couple family emergencies there was COVID there's just it was like everything just we moved to America everything just kind of turned upside down and so then I went back to my publishing team and I was like never mind 
I can't write the book. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, but I had a good friend to say to me, like, you know, I think people don't always want to learn from an expert. I think sometimes people want to learn from somebody who's like actually going to mm-hmm. struggle along with them. And so I was like, okay, maybe. Um, and so I started out of a place of like my own pretty deep, like I was dealing with anxiety like I have never dealt with before of just um, feeling like feeling like basically everything that I once thought I was in control of, which mm-hmm. I was never in control of anyway, but you know, my family and my kids and the way our life was going to look, just that control had been completely taken away from me in all of those areas. And again, not that the control was ever really mine, but there was the illusion of yeah, I know how to do this. I know what to do next. I know what our life is going to look like next. And that was all just gone. And so going, okay, God, you know, says here in the Bible, like peace that passes understanding. And Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you and cast all your anxieties on me. And okay, I have all this head knowledge of what I think that's supposed to look like, but like I don't actually feel that And kind of right in the middle of it all, before we moved, but post-COVID, we had this experience where um, we took all the kids camping. A lot of them had come home, which was super fun. Well, for me, it was super fun. (laughs) My my kids will listen to this and be like, that was not even fun, Mom. Um, But a lot of them that were here doing university came home because university went all online. And so they came back to Uganda and we're at home with us. And so we got this like really sweet extended period of time mm-hmm. with our kids who had like already launched. And that doesn't happen a lot of mm-hmm. times. Sometimes once they launch, they launch. And so we actually got like this sweet extended period of them being home. So we went on this camping trip and it was out by the river. And like that had become kind of a fun family activity we did, like to kayak or paddleboard or go spend time in the river. And they're bigger now and they were good swimmers. And so Benji and one of our daughters jumped in to this current that kind of, it like went out and then it took them around in a circle and brought them back Mm -hmm. to the shore. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's go again. So I convinced my daughter to go again with me. And I don't know if we overshot it or if the current actually changed in the middle. But whatever happened, she and I, I mean, we had on life vests, but we were like not in the current that brought you back to the shore. We were like out in the middle of the river and it was moving so fast. And I don't think anybody else thought we were dying. Like Benji didn't think we were dying. I don't think our daughter did, but I was like, this is it. We're going to like, we're going to go down this river and go over a waterfall. You know, you have this like movie scene in your head. So I'm like swimming frantically and reaching for branches. One snaps off in my hand. I mean, like worst nightmare. I finally get a branch and can like pull myself up, but our daughter's like way over here. So I'm like reaching for her and watch her like around the corner of like in the river. I can't see her anymore. She's moving so fast. I like pull myself up on this rock and I'm imagining like every worst case scenario. Um, Waterfalls, crocodiles. Oh my God. (laughs) Everything. Like I've like already, I'm like already imagining that we're going to spend the rest of family vacation, like searching the river for a body or something. Um, Anyway, obviously she was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So Benji and the girls like came to check on me. 
And she came running from this way and was like, hey, yeah, I got out. Some fishermen helped me. I'm like, oh, I thought, like, I thought you were dead. I kind of played it cool until I got to Benji. And then when he hugged me, I just like sobbed. And so I was like, I thought I lost her. Um, anyway, all that to say, Benji kind of took me up higher on this bank. And from up on top of the river bank, you could see like the whole river. It looked small, you know, mm-hmm. like a little little path. And you could see like, oh, there was a still place over here where she probably could have gotten out. And there was a little island over here that she could have swam over to. And, oh, look, there are some guys that could have helped her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember standing there and thinking like, oh, like this is how God sees it. And I'm just down here in real life, like Mm -hmm. in the waves, just like thinking everything is a catastrophe and this is going to be the end of us and we're all going to die. And just really, really felt like God saying like, no, you are safe. Like you were safe all along. Like you weren't, you weren't going to die. There were all these different good things that could have happened. And I think I was living like that. And I had spent the last couple of years living just in this of like I don't know what's gonna happen next Mm -hmm. and God was like well I do it's okay I can I can see the whole thing like I'm gonna bring you to safety and so um that was kind of the inspiration as I plugged along in writing the book is like okay I know that how do I actually like live as if that is true This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree, and therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. So how do you define peace? If we're defining it as like chiller or sober... I feel like Benji's got that dialed in. He really does. <laughs> yes. Is it like, is it an understanding and a perspective or like what, what have you learned about peace through writing the book? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of us do define it as just kind of like chill and, you know, we imagine like peaceful things, you know, like oh, the beach or the mountains or whatever kind of your thing is or like oh I'll be in this like bubble bath with a glass of wine and the reality is like those things can happen and they're really nice but like so temporary Mm -hmm. right then they over they're over and the baby's crying again and you got to get them all to school and whatever the things are that feel chaotic and so um the new testament word for peace actually translates in the greek to wholeness and that was like really impactful to me to just think about like okay what does it mean to be like whole and God makes us whole and God gives us our identity as like people who can experience wholeness and so I think what I'm still learning very much like I wrote the book but I'm very much like not an expert I think it'll be a lifelong 
learning process of just like, okay, what, you know, what does it look like to know in my head and in my heart that I am safe and I am whole because like Jesus has saved me and I have like eternity is certain, right? Like, so no matter what happens here and no matter how disastrous it is, like we, we are going to be okay because we have this certain end that is we will live with God forever. Um, and so for me, it's looked like really trying to like reframe my thoughts um, when I do feel that anxiety rising, when I do feel like, you know, I can race ahead in my mind and make like the plan for every possible disaster that's going to happen to my family. And it's like, how much time do I waste mm-hmm. making making plans for things that like have not happened, are not going to happen, Um when instead I can just know that like God is keeping me safe, God is keeping us whole, and like yeah, any pain He brings, ultimately like we we are gonna get through it, and we're gonna get to the other side. How do you hold those like the idea of peace and like hey we know we know where this ends like the finish line and eternity is certain right, but then also like the mission that we were talking about earlier the purpose. And I'm not a planner naturally, but inevitably as I've gotten married and you have kids, you start like kind of stacking plans. It's like, all right, well, you know, they're going to go to school here and then they're going to do this summer camp and whatever. It's like, how do you, and then on top of that, like careers and ambitions, it's like, how do you hold peace with just, you know, daily life and trying to like build something, whether it's a career or family or whatever? You want to answer? I, I, I didn't write the book. <laughs> you read it. I did, I did Many times. I did, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I never, I never, uh, I love that story. I never liked the story because it makes me sound very insightful when I'm the guy on the <laughs> riverbank who's like, Katie, come up here and see what I see about this river. So you were very kind to me in your storytelling. You seem like Thank an you. insightful guy. I'll, yeah. I'll back her on that. It's true. <laughs> Could be. Someday, maybe I'll, it'll hit me, <laughs> but it hits others. That's very kind. Um, I think in day to day, you know, I think of, um, I think of our little guys. I'm putting the context of having a one and three year old, right? So maybe, maybe more in the three year old context, maybe you have a child who is kind of losing it because they don't have the blue race car or the thing like <laughs> it's nap wow. time or it's bedtime, whatever. And it's like, but uh, you know, it's time to go on the long car ride and be strapped in. And, and they're like blue race car, you yeah. know, it's whatever. And like, nothing's good. Nothing's great. I'm not saying, you know, this is great for a child to be yelling at your parents, but then like they get this race car, you know, and they, they get in their hand and it's just like every, they're just, they're holding this, really kind of silly thing it's a blue race car but like your child gets the thing and it's just like you know and they're like napping within 30 seconds (laughs) they're asleep or they're in the car they're happy but they have this thing we don't have a child who does this (laughs) (laughs) we do all the time yeah um and i just think about that in like life so you're talking like peace but also ambition and all this there there's got to be these truths. I think Kate is hitting up. It's like, it's like there's things that like I'm screaming and yearning for, and then I get hold of something true and good and purposeful, you know, from where we sit, it's from above, it's from God. And you hold this thing and it's just like, I got the blue race car, you know? And what I think is cool about that, if I can connect it in an insightful way, 
you're sleeping, but what are you doing when you're sleeping? You're dreaming. And so, like, the ability to be at peace and be at rest allows the ability to then to dream, to mm. think about, you know, the consequential parts of life. What comes next? What, what's going to take me to get to that next thing? And for a three-year-old, it might be a little silly because they're like, if I can slay this dragon outside the castle, mm-hmm. treasure chest. Mm-hmm. But in adult life, it's like you hold this foundational truth and that great, you know, centering thing that's there for you allows you to get to place just dreaming ambition life what's next what's tomorrow i don't know it's so that's the starting place is what you're saying that's a starting place i like that because i think often blue race car at least for me i'm like holding on to the wrong thing right like i'm dreaming and planning and holding on to that like these things must happen and then the truth of who god is is just kind of out here floating but if we can if we can really grab onto this is who god is this is who i am because of god this is my eternity that is safe with him i still need to make my plans and have some dreams about my life and i'm definitely a dreamer i think we both are about like oh what could this look like and what could that look like but that's not the thing that that I'm holding on to, right? So all of those things are good. And like, as God allows them to happen, great. I'm going to step into those things. But if he doesn't allow those things to happen, mm-hmm. that's okay too. Um, because that's not the ultimate. Wow. That's like, uh, that's really profound. And it's, well, it's. Thanks for the blue race. Yeah, that, that was really, that was, that was really insight. helpful. Dude, Benji good. dropping yes. some more insight. My book, Benji. Blue race car. I know that every time <laughs> Benji talks, I'm like, what? No, Why no, don't no. you write the books? You you should write the books. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I mean, what a what a stronger place of like security and mm-hmm. like what the, I don't know why the term anti fragile comes to mind. Where it's like, oh, okay, great, like you're good. Yeah. What? But I believe it was Paul that said the the purpose of life or the goal of life is not to achieve or to build. It, it's for a life of peace. I mm-hmm. I think which is like. So countercultural for sure for yeah. like for us living in the United States. So all that to say, you listening should definitely check out Katie's book, Safe All Along, to hopefully maybe take a step towards living a life more of peace. I just think we, we were in church yesterday and it was a really different service where they just had people go up and tell the story about their stories of how God is good. And that's it was beautiful. like, it was like yeah, really cool. profound. And, um, did you guys go up? I didn't. There's like lines. So that's my excuse. Benji, I'm sorry. I, I do have stories though. Yes. Uh, and I could share it, but it was people who had like, uh, one couple had an ectopic pregnancy, mm. lost a pregnancy. Then they got pregnant again and it was amazing. Right. But then in that process, they found out the mom had a tumor and it was like this wild roller coaster. And it was like highs and lows. And I was just thinking about, man, faith, I think, is maybe the only key mm-hmm. to a piece like that where it's like it's the through line of it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's like, no, you're, the rock is there and the rock mm-hmm. is unchanging, permanent, steady. And then, like, you know, everything else is just kind of part of the experience, part of the adventure. And I was like, wow, that is not the purpose of God for sure is not like to make us feel peaceful. I don't think, right. but it's like a really nice fruit. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. 
what a yeah, what good. a beautiful topic and important mm. important subject. So, thank you. Yeah. As the takeaway question for both of you, I want you to like answer it as if you're talking to your kids, but hopefully, like a takeaway for everyone. After having lived in Uganda and America and helping raise 15 kids, you've seen different tiny little humans from all over every context of personality and character and interest. What's, in your eyes, maybe the most important thing to teach a kid in today's world? Mm. Ooh, that's deep. By takeaway, you mean we get to take that and go away now <laughs> yeah. you want you want answers, well, answers. You, want answers people. you have okay. a four-year-old ranging to a daughter who just got married i feel like you have wisdom from every parent in the whole world at the moment but i would love to know your answer Ooh. Uh, i can i can go first uh, <laughs> um yeah i mean funny because it's kind of like the sunday school answer right like Jesus, uh-huh. <laughs> um, which our four-year-old does sometimes uh-huh. now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like what we are talking yeah. about right now. Like, this is who Jesus is. And because of that, this is who you are. And because of that, like, you are loved and you are safe and you are cherished in a world that is going to tell you you are not. I mean, like, the world is constantly telling us, like, you are not loved, and actually you are not good enough, and you are definitely not safe. And so, like, we have to have that foundation in Jesus and who he is and who we are because of that to, I mean, almost to even be able to function. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think just teaching a child of their love that they are loved and they are valued and they are safe um, is super important. Wow. I agree with this. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, your answer and with that too, just um, I think as you're saying value too, I'm thinking also just like worth and not in the sense of like you're worthy of everything, my child and all mm-hmm. praise or whatever, but just like, you know, I hope our family was a timely encapsulation as you growing up of like your place of worth and value in like this little unit and like that grew to like our community around us in Uganda that again my children were a part of before I ever showed up. You know, they had great tremendous worth there. Now they have great worth like in this really different cultural context, living here in the States. Um and I you know, I know it's all been accompanied for so many of them in different ways by some really strange kinds of different, maybe, maybe the word is affliction. I, I'm saying that because I'm thinking of, if we're talking about our, our friend Paul, who's been mentioned, you know, I think of him saying like, one of our favorite things, just like this light momentary affliction is working for you, a eternal weight of glory. And just kind of like a comfort for even like each of our children's sense of like, there are like rough days. Like there are Mondays that are not President's Day holidays. And like, mm-hmm. they're, like they're rough and like you're going to face afflictions and worries and troubles and sorrows. But like, to be honest, those things as big as they are and as like definitive as they seem, they're pretty light and momentary compared to what God's 
doing with you and through you and all around you, you know, it's, and it's perspective, but I mean, I think not to be all plug in the book, but safe along or safe all along, even just like as a phrase, I mean, that idea of just like what's going on around you, affliction, it, it's light and momentary, but like what God's doing is eternal and super weighty and important. And like, you're going to get used in some way in that process. Like he's, He's really delighted to use us and use his people, which is really fun. So I hope they see and know that, like, their worth mm-hmm. and, like, the weightiness of, you know, what God's doing through them. Oh, it's sweet. It's been really special. So our oldest is obviously only three. We're not in your shoes yet. But she turns four in October, so she's, like, three and a half. And I'd say the past month, probably in particular, she has been asking so many questions about Jesus in particular. And she goes to a little like mom's day out where they teach it. But last night I just thought it was so funny, but also so cute and just powerful. I was putting her to bed and she out of nowhere said, mommy, am I going to die? And I was like, okay, I knew this question was going to come at some point. She's been hanging out with her cousins who are older. And I'm sure that she was talking about dying and turning into a dog. I was like, you only got, you had to get this from your cousin. (laughs) And she's like, I don't want to turn into a dog. And we started talking about Jesus. And as we were talking about Jesus, she just started giggling. Like, the happiest I've ever, like, seen her. And I was like, this is so cool. It's so cool to witness. Like, even just, like, her saying his name and giggling. I was like, that is so powerful. So it's so fun. So sweet. It's so so cool to see. I was leaving work. You were out of town. I had our little four-year-old at work. It was a long day, hard meetings, just... Mm -hmm some of the content um and we're driving home and he was in his car seat in the back and drive home and I was in my little like kind of huff and puff mm-hmm. decompress got to go home and be present stage and out of the back seat he just goes I have decided Jesus oh. like just started <laughs> yeah. singing that and man, I, I mean talk about like an airplane taking it, off yeah. I mean I was cruising within seconds just like my goodness here's a yeah. little guy with like nothing to do in the back seat and just like i know a song i can sing yeah it's cool. so cool Dang, i feel like i learned so much you know this was really insightful so thank you last question since you have 15 kids and might not often get to think about this what is your favorite thing about katie and what's your favorite thing about benji Ooh. um i I mean, for you, Katie, I just, I like that you are who you are. And I'm not saying that you're some stubborn, you know, unchangeable, you know, forced to be reckoned with whatever you, you can be and all that. But, um, just the fact that like, I can come home, come find you wherever you're at. Maybe we're not home or we're out, but you know, I'll be gone for maybe like 30 minutes by the time I get home. She's got three other families coming to join our table and, Mm -hmm break bread with us and fill our home or, you know, you can just, uh, you can see maybe the living room on a Saturday morning getting slightly decluttered and you go, oh, it's Saturday morning coffee and there's going to be some great people coming to fill our house. And just because of you and and how big of a table that you always set. And um, I mean, from the words of others, how loved they are by that quality of you. So I just love that. And I hope I'm not, 
being lazy about being like, oh, Katie will figure it out. <laughs> I should probably also set some tables of my own. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I love many things about you, but I think... The beard. I like the beard. The beard has grown on me. Um, yeah, I think I think just your steadiness. Um, and I can tend to be like emotionally quite volatile. Um, you have 13 girls. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. But you just are like such a steady, consistent um, presence, like in our home, in our church, in, you know, at Project Connect, wherever you are. Like I could never do his job. I would be a wreck mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but just your steadiness. And I think it really just comes from a deep faith and a deep confidence like in who God is. And so I feel like that has just taught me a lot about who God is. Um, and just, yeah, has, has caused me to want more of that, to want to be more steady um, and more consistent. So thank you. Thank you. I feel like I was eavesdropping on a, on like a little private conversation there. Wow. <laughs> have you guys ever answered that question? <sighs> We have. We have. We have. Did we miss it? We'll go watch <laughs> or it. We'll have to Google it. Yeah. Find out. Uh, yeah. To summarize, I love Andrew's just like sense of adventure. Mm. You never know which direction he's going in, ever. And I'm like type A, plan out my whole life in the world. And it's just fun. Keeps me on my toes. Is it always fun? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. <laughs> I, I think Sean is like one of the most incredible you got like just you could do whatever you want. It's awesome, but your your like humility and mm-hmm. meekness, not in like a timid way, but it's like I don't know. It's like this pure humility that I've never seen. It's uh, thanks. It's pretty cool. So there, not about that'll us. be my answer. Boom. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for joining. Yeah. This has been a real yeah. treat, Katie this Benji. Been so fun. I feel like I learned so much. I know. Oh gosh, can we be friends? Yeah, I would love to meet your kids. Starts now. Come on. <laughs> yes, I want to learn their names. I want to. I want an yeah. invite to the Saturday morning Come coffee. Saturday morning coffee. <laughs> yeah. Come on by. We'll bring our three and one year old. Oh, yeah. our girls will be thrilled. <laughs> yes. Definitely yes. bring the three. You can and bring one-year-old. them. You just won't see them once they <laughs> yeah. get to the house. They'll get <laughs> scooped up okay. and taken yeah. away. Well, Thank you for joining yeah, us. And congratulations you. on the book. For those listening that want to to want to learn more about Katie Davis and Benji, you'll uh, see information in the show notes down below, as well as a link to the book she most recently wrote called safe all along thank you all right real quick for all of those listening out there we don't ask for a lot of favors i don't think babe do we no but we're gonna ask you a favor today all right if you're listening to couple things podcasts on apple Podcasts specifically will you please do us this short quick favor We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search couple things and tap our shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way, 
you'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.